Woo! It is Wednesday night as of this recording, and as most of you probably know, if not all of you, Evo was this past weekend. This is episode two. FG Central is coming back at you, and this time it's all about Evo. But before we get to that, let me start off by saying hello, world. Fury is here, and of course, as I've said before, this is episode two of FG Central, and we're going to talk about everything Evo related. First of all, let me give a great, great big shout out to everybody who is a part of the Dragon Ball Fighters community. Dragon Ball Fighters was the biggest game at Evo this year. For the first time, there was a game that had more entrance than Street Fighter. Yep. And it's so, so funny because I told one of my homeboys earlier this year, I said, yo, check me out. Dragon Ball Fighters brings people from like a bunch of different communities to play this one game. And then, of course, the newcomers who are coming just to play Dragon Ball Fighters. And I told him, I said, yo, I think it's going to happen. There's a first time for everything. I think. Dragon Ball Fighters is going to outdo Evo for the most entrance. And he was like, nah, man, come on, man. And of course, I was right. However, Dragon Ball Fighters was not the main event as Evo's main event is and probably will always be Street Fighter. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So let's get right to it. Street Fighter V Top 8. Let me go ahead and give you these people, these names, and then we're going to talk about some quick, just notable names that didn't make top eight. But rounding off our top eight, we had Problem X, we had Gachakun, we had Fudo, we had Tokido, we had Luffy, we had Kaba, we had the Cool Kid, and of course, we had the boy Fujimora. So, this is a very notable top 8. All these players, in my opinion, deserve to be here. All these players have been showing up and showing out lately. And all of them showed up and definitely showed the fuck out when it came time for it on the biggest fucking stage, which is Evo. My predictions was all the way the fuck off. My fantasy bracket, in my mind, was definitely nothing like this, yo. When I didn't see my boy Infiltration, there was no Socko, the homie Phenom didn't make it, Florida's own Knuckle didn't make it, man, just a lot of people, it was people getting sent to loser's bracket earlier in their pools or barely making it out of pools, man. Evo is always fucking crazy. Like, that's the thing about Evo. This shit is always full of surprises. It's like, God damn. And while all of these players like really fucking deserve to be in this top eight, it was pretty surprising. To be honest, though, I, I'm sure I wasn't the only goddamn one. I'm pretty sure everybody's fucking fantasy brackets were all over the damn place. But nonetheless, let's get into these matches, man, because God damn, these matches were fucking hype as fuck fuck like i don't remember there being any real washes i mean as i get to them i'll see maybe if i can recall but i don't think there were any real washes everybody went the fuck in i mean 
Of course they did. They deserve to be here. This was top eight of the biggest fucking stage. I mean, goddamn. So we start off with Problem X versus Gotcha Kun. If I recall, I believe this match might have went to a game five. It might have went to game four, though. I think it might have been 3-1. But trust me, whether it went to game four or five, this shit was not free. Okay? Gotcha Kun was going in. Problem X did take it to make his way to winner's finals. But Gotcha Kun was going in. The thing to note about this match is that people were always saying, like, when he got all his nerfs and shit, people were saying, Rashid is not that dude anymore. Rashid can't get it in. A lot of people dropped him. But I noticed that throughout this year, a lot of the main people did stick with Rashid, like Oil King and Gotcha Kun, JB, and a lot of these guys, they stuck it out. They stuck it out with Rashid because the character is still good. And if for one fucking second you doubted how good Rashid was, Gotcha Kun showed you in this fucking top eight that Rashid is not to be fucked with, that Rashid can still get it in because he was giving Problem X a run for his money that entire time. But Problem X ain't slow down one bit with that bison. We gonna be talking about Problem X a lot this top eight because that bison, yo, it was bison's time to shine, finally. I always felt that it would come. I always kind of knew that it would eventually happen because Bison is one of those characters who is just so strong, but I never understood why the fuck, like, it didn't seem to be showing in tournament. But God damn it, Problem X, man. He was undoubtedly in addition to the final results, which we'll get to later. Problem X was probably MVP of this tournament as well. Like, he was all over Gotcha Kun's ass in this matchup. Um, just, just with safe pressure, anti-airs, maximizing damage out the ass. Just every hit he landed, he made that shit count. Now, Gotcha Kun did the same thing, but it's like, overall, Problem X was able to just clutch out those rounds. Like, those individual rounds to ultimately take this set. And it was a fucking hype-ass set. Now, moving on to this next match. This one right here was funny to me just because there was a little history behind it. Because Tokido was saying, and I believe some of the commentators were talking about it as well. He was saying that he was very comfortable against Fudo. Like, it was so funny because he said that he felt that even if he struggled on his way to top eight, he said he's very comfortable against Fudo. He knows the matchup, but he, even more, he knows the player. Because these two, of course, both being um, from Japan. And I do believe Fudo is also a part of Topanga House as well. You know, a lot of those guys play together a lot and train together. And I don't know if that's why he felt he was so comfortable. But the next match was Tokido versus Fudo. So we got Akuma versus Mika. And... I was like saying to myself, okay, Tokido's so confident and he's a good player. Damn, that's a dangerous ass combination. But nope. I mean, this was pretty much a wash. If I remember correctly, it might have been 3-0. At the most, it was 3-1. But I know while Fudo didn't steamroll Tokido, it looked 
like Fudo was the more comfortable one and like Tokido was the one that was thrown off guard because Fudo would go on to take this match and um everything Fudo was doing was just on point. His command grabs, his uh, like his uh setups. I do think Tokido might have took the first game, but everything else was on point. Like he was making all the right reads, anti-airing. He was doing a really good job at faking the drop kick. Tokido kept having to use V-reversal to get the drop kick pressure off of him because you definitely don't want to be on the other end of a Mika drop kick, whether it lands or whether it's blocked, because I do believe it's safe pressure. Um, it might be plus three on block. I know it's really safe. And she can definitely command grab you afterwards. So you definitely want to V-reversal that. So Tokido was on point with those because he knows the matchup. But then he's not getting V-trigger. So he was being forced to use resources just to either get in or do damage and or keep Mika off his ass. And overall, Fudo just ended up basically taking that off of the fact that Whenever Fudo needed resources, he had them. When Tokido needed resources, it just seemed that he didn't have them. Now, moving on to the other side of the brackets, to the loser's bracket. The first up match we had was the Dominican Republic's very own Kaba, Mena RD's homeboy, versus Fujimura, who for most people was one of the favorites to win this tournament. And at this point, he was definitely still in, still on a tear in loser's bracket. But this match was no joke at all. This match did go to last game. Also last round, if I remember correctly. I mean, both of these players were really, really going in. But let's talk about Kaba first. Kaba, he beat Daigo to get into top eight. And... I remember someone saying, it might have been one of the commentators, that Kaba was confident that he had a better guile than Daigo himself. And you know what? He proved it. You cannot debate it right now. He proved that he had a better guile than Daigo by defeating him in the mirror match to get to top eight. So shout outs to Kaba. That means both of the Dominican Republic's players have defeated Daigo. Because if you remember last year at CEO, um, the infamous uh, Mena RD Daigo teabag. And that was after he beat Daigo. So both Mena RD and Kaba have defeated Daigo in tournament. I just thought that was interesting to note. And right now... Kaba might be the best guile. Um, I mean, that's up for debate. We can definitely debate that. You guys can definitely send that in, leave voice messages, leave comments wherever you watch the podcast. But his guile is undoubtedly a beast because a lot of people consider Fujimura top five players in the world right now. And he was giving Fujimura a hard time. Zoning was on point. But when he needed to go in, it was on point. Like, he had the answers. Like, at one point, I mean, it was looking like he was going to take the set. By the way, let me just say, I still got Nakudu for uh, Best Guile. You know, standing light kick in the flash kick is just too funny. It's just too cool. It's just too goddamn badass. But anyway, back to this set. 
So Kaba going in, at one point he was at match point and Fujimura just had something to say about this. He came back strong. I mean, you can't never count Fujimura out. Um, the winner of, I believe it was a Strong Style. Um, he also go would go right on to win CEO after that. I mean, the dude goes ham with Ibuki. Like, he goes in. Like, his Ibuki is so optimal, it's scary. Like, how the fuck are you that optimal? Like, god damn. Like, every... Like, he, he does shit that you, you haven't seen in forever. Like, it was one point, I believe it was in this match, it might have been in a later one, that he did Shien's old tech with the kunai where... Uh, when you throw it, it looks like it looks like you're going to uh, cross up, but you but you don't. Like goddamn, like Fujimura, man, he he brought it back. And then when it got to that last round, that could have been anybody's game, but Fujimura just stood strong. He went in, um, very similar to Kaba. He made a lot of good reads too. But the reason why I was looking like so good for Kaba is because Kaba was just on point. There were times where it looked like Ibuki, a character who we know is strong as all fucking hell. It looked like she was struggling to get in. And in that last round, it's like Fujimura just dialed it up to 100 because he went right in and just he was on that ass. And Kaba didn't take it easily, though. Kaba got some good things in in that last round, but ultimately Fujimura would go on to take that set. Next up, we have the Cool Kid versus Luffy to round out this uh, round one of the loser's bracket. And the Cool Kid represents Chicago, of course. Only American player in this top eight, so standing strong. And Luffy, I mean, we all know, 2014 Evo champion, had that amazing Rose play in Street Fighter Um And... This matchup would be Abigail versus Mika. Now, at this point, we had already come off the cusp of three crazy-ass matches. So, everybody's adrenaline is up. Everybody's hearts is racing. And, God damn it, it didn't stop. Another crazy-ass match. Back and forth. The cool kid didn't go down easy. Luffy not going down easy. Yo, the cool kid... If you ever had any doubt about who was the number one Abigail, let's talk about this dude. He had unblockable guard crush setups with uh, Abigail's charge moves. He had the uh, combo conversions on point. He had the V-trigger combos on point. The juggles, converting off of stray hits, maximizing damage. Like, very similar to the last matchup, Luffy would go on to take it, but goddamn, it was, it was so many points where it was like, yo, the cool kid got this just because this is a damn good player using a damn good character. As always, dangerous ass combination. And he was in that ass. Like, he was in that ass. Now, Luffy, Luffy's like, wait a minute. Look, let me show you why. I'm a former Evo champion. Luffy's like, I'm going to get you with these drop kicks. I'm going to get you with these conversions of my own. You're going to take some EX command grabs because Abigail takes so goddamn long to kill. If I got meter, 
and I need to use it, I'm going to use it without hesitation because your character has the most fucking health in the game. I mean, Luffy was fighting. He got a couple stuns. Um, really, really going toe-to-toe with the cool kid in a in a situation where it looks like the cool kid has this shit all figured out. I mean, Luffy's like, no, this this is not happening. I'm going to counter-poke you um, to get this little extra damage because every hit, of course, counts on this character. If all I can get are a couple of crouching short counter-pokes, because they will beat out a lot of Abigail's standing options, then that's what I'm going to do. Even if you block them, it's still safe enough. So I'm going to counter poke and get this damage. But as soon as I get in, that ass is mine. I'm maximizing every hit. And Luffy would go on to definitely clutch that one out. I don't remember the score. That one might have also went to a last game. But goddamn, that match, it's, it's really hard, yo. I'm telling you, like... To decide which one of these matches were the hypest out of these four. Because we got six more matches. And these four matches were just ridiculous. Like some of like the best hypest fucking matches I've seen in a Street Fighter V Evo Top 8. Like this was ridiculous. Like just trying to see. I definitely got to say Kaba and Luffy. Um, their matches were like ridiculous. But not to count out the first two matches because those were dope too. It's just goddamn. And we're not even halfway done with the bracket yet. So moving on to this next part of the bracket, this would be losers quarterfinals. And the funny thing about this next matchup is that these two who are going up against each other now here in losers quarterfinals the fact that one of them has to eliminate the other is just so funny because it crushed a lot of people's hopes and dreams because these were the two favorites to win the tournament. And that would be Fujimura and Tokido. So, of course, we have Ibuki and Akuma. Now, this particular matchup was basically just a matchup of I need to use Akuma's best button standing medium kick one of his best and I need to make sure every opportunity I get I whiff punish anything that Ibuki whiffs whereas with Ibuki it's you're going to guess Tokido you are going to guess Fujimura is going to make sure that off of every EX kunai and into the jump air target combo you're going to guess. Um, it's basically a matter of whiff punishes versus 50-50. Both of them had all the fundamentals on point. That's the reason why there's not much to talk about in this matchup. Aside from the fact that Tokido, last year's um, EVO champion, did take the set over Fujimura. It was a very great set, close set, but it was a very fundamentally heavy set because neither of these players wanted to make a mistake. There wasn't, I, I already knew there wasn't going to be much, much excitement in this set just because they're going to play a fundamentally sound game. It's going to be very fundamental heavy because Akuma being that he has low health doesn't want to make a mistake against Ibuki when she has V-Trigger. That's a lot of burst damage. And trust me, if anybody can optimize V-Trigger too, 
it's Fujimura. I mean, he showed it off a couple times in this set. I mean, her, her burst damage against a low health character like Akuma was crazy. But when Tokido got his V-Trigger, he was using V-Trigger 1, he definitely made sure to convert into that hard knockdown DP to make sure he can put her in a situation on Wake Up as well. He had to be careful, of course, Fujimura, if he sees an opportune time to use EXDP and bust out, he will. But Tokido played it sound, played it fundamental, had the meditation game on point, whiff punished, maximized the potential of that V-Trigger, and yeah... Overall, took that set over Fujimura. Heartbreaker for a lot of people who had uh, Fujimura winning. And uh, he would go out with fifth place and Tokido would move on to loser semis. Now on the other side of loser's quarters, we have Luffy going up against Gachakun. And let me tell you, I haven't talked about it enough yet with Gachakun. Even though he would get eliminated on this side of the bracket... He did not go down without a fight. Like, goddamn, this dude really gets it in. Probably best Rashid right now, just based off of the fact that he knows when to use that crouching fierce. He doesn't get too greedy with it. He knows when to catch you out of the air with an EX Eagle Spike, and he always converts properly. He knows when to use those resources. He knows, okay, I'm not going to go for damage here because I want to go for an Oki setup. I'm going to go for the damage here because I need this. I'm going to use V-Trigger 1 for this matchup, but I'm going to use V-Trigger 2 for this one. Like, this dude has Rashid on point, and he put up one hell of a fight against Luffy in this matchup, and it just... Once again, Mika's a strong-ass character. I mean, we had two Mikas in top eight alone. And Rashid, considered to not be that strong, should have a hard time dealing with a Mika. But Gachakun really showed that this character's far from dead. I mean, pretty much after this Evo... I, I, I do expect to see a lot of people going back to rediscover Rashid... And see that the character is not dead. I personally do feel, though, that they shouldn't touch him anymore. I mean, at least until the next season. I still feel like he should get some buffs rather than them keep touching him. But he's still viable. And, of course, Luffy taking all of the wind out of Rashid's sails. <laughs> wind? That's all I did there? Wind because... No, no. Womp womp. Oh, okay, well, anyway. Luffy, of course, like, just on point with this Mika. Like, bursting that bubble every chance he gets with this strong-ass character. I mean, once again, dropkick pressure. Rashid has answers to it, um, but V-reversal, once again, is crucial because if you're blocking this dropkick and you're not using V-reversal you might have to eat a command grab. And if it's an EX command grab, that's an issue. But if you are using V-reversal, you're giving up V-trigger. And since Gachakun has some sick-ass uh, V-trigger 1 setups and V-trigger 2 setups, that's a very valuable resource to be given up. And, I mean, Luffy, great at conversions. But one of the things Luffy does a lot that uh, even Fudo, I don't think, does as much is that crouching short. 
Um, Rashid is going to try to use stuff like crouching fears. He has some decent normals. He has the run, which can catch you off guard. Luffy will always fish for that counter poke with that crouching short. And that's one of the things that, uh, in addition to everything else, kind of took him to victory here. In addition to just great conversions, great spacing, by the way, which is very important in a Rashid matchup because Rashid players are really good at spacing typically. So all of that combined with the fact that you know, I mean, it's it's Luffy. You know, he has that experience. And he uh, was using V-Trigger 1. Let's talk about that real quick as well. His Nadeshko reads and like, well, decisions, I should say, are great. Like, there's times where he will use the charge Nadeshko and the delayed so that it would be delayed. And it was it would work out. Then when he would choose to use the quicker one it would be the right decision. I mean, his Nadeshko decisions with V-Trigger 1 are on point, and that's another valuable thing that really brought him to victory in this matchup. Gachakun would go out here with fifth place, and Luffy would move on to loser semis to fight Tokido later on in the bracket. Now, moving on here, we go back to the winner's side of the bracket for winner's finals. This will be... Problem X versus Fudo. I distinctly remember not knowing what to expect from this matchup. I mean, I'm familiar with Problem X and I'm definitely familiar with Fudo. But just in this particular instance, I don't even know if these two have ever played each other. There's no bracket that I can remember formally where I think these two have played each other. And I know Problem X has other characters as well, besides Bison. So I was unsure of whether he was going to stick with it or not, but he stuck with this Bison. And this Bison, of course, just took him to victory. I mean, it Fudo didn't look totally helpless, of course, but... I do believe that it was 3-0 here. Um, I may be wrong. I definitely have to go back and look at the bracket. But it might have been 3-0. I do know that Problem X, I remember just, just getting it in, in during this uh, match. I mean, you know, he just seemed to have all the answers, man. His, his scissor kick uh, spacing was on point. His uh, pressure off of the Psycho Axe was on point. His Devil's Reverses were on point. I mean, Fudo, no no slouch, of course. I mean, you know, fishing for command grabs, getting those command grabs, definitely using that EX uh, command grab when necessary. Um, another thing that Fudo was doing really well, as well is, there were certain points where, and a lot of people tend to forget that when Mika drops the mic with her V-Skill that she gets a hit of armor, he was using that pretty good. And of course, during stun combos, you start with that as well for slight extra damage. But he did that a couple times in this match, if I remember correctly. And um, Problem X, would, uh, he, would, he would go to attack. And Fudo would be ready for the armor to absorb, and then he would he would go for a punish. 
And people do tend to forget that that does give her a hit of armor. And he used that a couple times. So that was pretty dope on Fudo's part. And Polymex would go on to take that set, though, and move on to Grand Finals. So we have UK uh, sitting in the Grand Finals in the form of Problem X representing for the UK. And we still have another player from over there as well in Loser Semis in the form of Luffy waiting to fight Tokido at this point. So Fudo would go down to Loser's Finals to wait for the winner between Tokido and Luffy. Speaking of, now we go back to the loser side of the bracket for losers semifinals, where we have Japan's very own Tokido, still in the tournament, still a lot of people's favorite to take it, going against Francis' own Luffy. So we got Akuma versus Mika here. I'm definitely no uh, slouch to this matchup. I've seen it. Um, we actually saw it even earlier in this bracket when Tokido for, uh, fought against Fudo. And I was wondering like, if he was going to take the same approach. I was thinking most likely not. Luffy's a totally different player than Fudo. So that wouldn't be the best idea. And of course, as I thought, the matchup was played a bit differently. Tokido had to be aware of things like crouching short because I do remember, if I'm correct, him getting hit by it a couple times with Luffy fishing for those counter pokes. And with Akuma, that's not a bad strategy to use as Akuma players will whiff or throw out a standing medium kick to try to get a whiff punish because that is Akuma's best whiff punish button as he can convert that into a light Tatsu and then convert that into a heavy Tatsu or a DP. And it's also a good button for him to get a conversion off of, uh, into V-Trigger as well. So, you know, that's not a bad strategy to use. But Tokido still with the spacing, using air fireballs to try to get in close on Mika because... Mika obviously isn't a keep out character. She wants to be close as well. But the thing is, you want to get it to close to her before she gets close to you. Because if Mika gets close to you, it's damn near rap. So using fireball pressure, um, but Luffy, so good at using different methods to get around the fireballs. We all know zoning is not that good in Street Fighter V. Um, using fireballs to zone is not a good idea. They're not very good and that's done on purpose. But Tokido, what he does, what he likes to do also at mid-screen when you're playing neutral with him, he'll use the fireball almost like a poke at certain ranges. He'll do it just to space check. So he was doing some of that as well in neutral and uh, there was a couple instances where he got jumped in on, but not a lot because he just knows when to throw out that fireball. And while Luffy did a really good job of playing the spacing game and getting around those fireballs, getting in and continuously taking that damage away from Tokido seemed to be a bit of a challenge for Luffy and between the whiff punishes and the spacing and the little pokes and the great great usage of air fireballs to get close to Mika and do some damage Tokido would go on to take that set moving on to losers finals to fight against Fudo in the run back and Luffy would go out with fourth place now losers finals 
the run back from winners round one. Tokido versus Fudo. And boy, oh boy, was Tokido ready this time. I mean, he was pretty hype. I mean, he was ready. He had already did the meditation game. Like, you know, he always meditates. I mean, he takes this very seriously. It is kind of his life at this point. He loves his Street Fighter. And he showed up and showed out. Now, Fudo put up a really good fight again because Fudo was not dissuaded. What I like about Fudo is like, you're not going to stop Fudo from being Fudo and from doing what he wants to do. He will eventually get around, no matter how long it takes, to getting that drop kick converting or dashing up on you with a double dash into a command grab ex at that and yep your akuma has low health so this is going to hurt you are going to bleed you know fudo will get around to getting that super out no matter what like he's really good at saying oh that's not a real block string super in between that that's fake pressure super in between that like he does not play with that super most of all, best of all, his Nadeshko decisions are great as well, man. This dude, really good. Like, if he needs to combo with Nadeshko, he's going to combo. If he needs to use Nadeshko as a defensive tool, because we all know defensive options are very limited in this game. So if he needs to use it as a defensive tool to get use it to get you off of him, because he can call, you know, he has a bunch of options, um, he will choose the right one. And he will get you off of him with Nadeshko. I mean, I think he even got a KO at Nadeshko at some point during this set. However, Tokido playing the fundamentals as always, getting those whiff punishes, spacing properly, using that V-Trigger 1, not letting Mika get anywhere near close if, like, basically not for free. Like, Fudo had to pay to get in. Um, using those fireballs really well, using that standing medium kick to try to scare him a bit to space check and make sure he doesn't just dash for free. Tokido would, of course, go on to take it to move on to grand finals to fight Problem X. And Fudo would go out with third place this time. And finally, grand finals. Holy shit, what a match. So, we start off Grand Finals, Tokido's running in place, he's hype. Now, if you remember last year, he was in this same position. Punk in winner side, him coming back from loser side to face Punk. And he broke the hearts of all of America when he took it. But there were a lot of us that were happy with those results regardless whether or not you were rooting for him or not, Tokido deserved that Evo win. So the UK, though, they're on their heels this time. Was he going to snatch it from them the same way he did to us last year? Well, we start out with Problem X just dominating. I mean, he's not scared at all. Like, dude is, like, going in. Bison versus Akuma again. And Problem X just has the answers, man. Like, he he has the answers. That's who Kanye should have been looking for back in 2013. Because that Problem X has the answers, okay? He couldn't tell Problem X, you ain't got the answers. No, Problem X had the answers. Tokido, though, 
gets wrecked. I think it was either first game or second game. And Problem Max was on tournament game in the first set. And Tokido closes his eyes, does his little meditation, starts thinking, starts analyzing, starts calculating. What can I do? What do I have to do? What do I need to do to take this set? What do I need to do to come back? I know I got to take it one round at a time. Da, 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 da. Whatever goes on in the mind of a player that great, I can't even fathom it. I know I ain't that good. So he, whatever he said to himself, whatever calculations he made, God damn it, it worked. He came back, took the next game as well, and reset the goddamn bracket. But not only that, Problem X was just not bothered. He was fucking not even bothered. He didn't look shook or nothing. Like usually people crack under those circumstances. They definitely don't want to reset. They want to take him out that first set, especially a player of Tokido's caliber. But no, Problem X was like, okay. And when he went back in and they played that next set, Oh, it was it was on. Like once again, Tokido did Tokido things. His spacing was good. He found the pokes. He found the conversions. He found the whiff punishes. But every time Problem X touched Tokido, he bled. Bison was whooping Akuma's ass. Like it's like Bison was upset way back from Street Fighter 2 Turbo from Super Turbo. When you get to fight Akuma and he comes in and he demons Bison. It's like Bison was upset from way back then. And he was like, yo, I got a score to settle with you from like 20-something years ago. Remember what you did to me in the intro to that in Super Turbo? Well, yeah, that ass is mine. Because Problem X was all over that ass. Like, Bison was all over that ass. And in the final game, that tournament game... I don't know, man. I saw Tokido just not connecting. He couldn't find the hit. Whereas every EX scissor kick, every devil's reverse, every axe kick into pressure, Bison um, was landing. The problem X was landing. And in that last, very last round, when Tokido was on that last leg, he got fucked up. I mean, problem X was just going in. And I was actually... My money was once you actually got to grand finals, of course. I was like, okay, I think Tokido can do it again. But this dude, Problem X, ain't no joke. But I was like, you know what, though? I'm going to go ahead and go Tokido for this one. For whatever reason. I don't even remember why. Even with knowing that Problem X wasn't no joke in the back of my mind. But goddamn, that last round just... Yo, like, if Tokido was your favorite, like, your soul was broken. During that last round. I mean, Infiltration was my favorite to win EVO, but apparently that didn't happen. But if you were rooting for Tokido in that grand final, your soul was broken by that last round because he got fucked up. I mean, but Tokido, still a godlike player, untouched, definitely won EVO last year. Finally, he deserved it. And that's second place at EVO. Obviously, the winner is is the winner and we we're going to talk about that in a sec but second place at evo is nothing to look down upon 
there were 2,500 players and you got second. Like that's nothing to look down upon. But shout outs to Problem X. He earned that victory. He earned that W. And he, man, like he, it was so convincing. Like if you didn't know for whatever reason, by the way, who Problem X was before now, you fucking know. I mean, he has an Evo title under his belt. He beat a lot of the best players to get it. And he would go on to take first place. So there you have it. Your Street Fighter V Top 8 recap. Yep. Man, I don't know why I didn't take notes for this shit. Like, maybe the matches were so goddamn hype I couldn't find time in between to take notes. This was all done off memory. But I did take notes for other games, but for some reason I didn't take notes for this shit. But there you have it, a hype-ass fucking top eight. Yo, but we're not even fucking done yet because I gotta talk about Sagat and G. I'm not gonna do reveal impressions because those motherfuckers came out the next fucking day. I've been playing a shit ton of them. And I just, um, instead of talking about reveal impressions, I'm going to talk about my actual impressions of these two and what I think it means for like the future of the game and what they could bring to the game in terms of like a fresh take and all that shit. So let's start off with G. Well, G, man, I know that like there's all these connections to Q and a lot of people are fans. I was never the biggest fan of Q, but I see why a lot of people like him. I see the appeal with him being all mysterious. And if these are the same characters, then he's not mysterious anymore. If they're just related and it's just fan servicey, then I mean, you know, I like G. I think he's the shit gameplay wise. Character wise with the whole president of the world thing, I'm going to be honest. I know a lot of people might be, but I'm personally not feeling that. But gameplay wise... This motherfucker's cool as shit. So what is it about him that I like? Well, in Street Fighter V, characters are purposefully made to be limited. They want you to play Street Fighter V the way they want you to play it. So characters are always safely made. Every now and then they'll give a character something that breaks the mold. Like with Zeku and his ability to go from old to young and things of that nature. Well, G is one of the more diverse characters in this game. He has so many options. Wow. Like, I know that they'll probably eventually, maybe next season, try to safen him up and maybe nerf some of his moves or do something to try to make him more safe. But they really went all out. He has a, probably one of, if not the biggest move list. Well, probably second to Zeku since Zeku has the different stances or the different forms. But... He can do a lot. I mean, this character can do a lot. I mean, your options on offense with this character are super fucking great. I mean, I like that you can charge his special moves up to make them, like, I guess, greater property-wise. Like, you can change up their attributes and they become better moves overall. And... I also like that they made it so that you can cancel some of these special moves into a charge to make it a lot more safe. He has one of my favorite V-Skills in the game with the shield. And the reason why I like it is because similar to like Nash's V-Skill, which can absorb projectiles, but you can combo into it almost like an uh, attack. 
his shield also doubles as an attack. And don't even get me started on the V-Trigger activation. I believe it's V-Trigger 1 that lets you get the moves all charged up without needing the charge. And then you can shoot a projectile from the V-Skill. That shit is sick. And it's even more sick because you can do that shit from the air as well. I might be confusing that with V-Trigger 2, but I do think that's V-Trigger 1. V-Trigger 2 is the one that I believe gives him a couple of new moves. Overall, this character is fun as fuck. I've been having nothing but fun with this character. But let's move on to the character that I've been fucking waiting for all season. God damn it, the king is back. Sagat, in full force, they made him all Street Fighter Fiveified, you know, but goddamn, I was so worried. I ain't even finna front because you know how they make characters so safe in this game. I'm so goddamn glad they gave him both of his tiger shots. I'm dead. I really didn't think they were gonna do it. I thought they were going to maybe save the low tiger shot for like a V-trigger activation or some shit. But there is one thing that disappoints me. The one thing that everybody said that we knew that we kind of thought they were going to do for his V skill. But we were like, nah, they're not going to be that predictable. Yep, they were. They gave him angry scar or angry charge for his V skill. Kind of whack, but we all saw it coming. But he's fun. I mean, he is fun. Fun, like he gets both tiger shots. Zoning is still bad in Street Fighter Five. Don't think just because he has both he can zone. They're still kind of slow. I mean, especially from full screen, your opponent can easily get over those. But I mean, he hits hard. Both of his V triggers are fun. I guess. I mean, maybe I'm hesitant just because I haven't fully explored them yet. I personally do feel like they could have been a little more creative. They're fun, but there's just something about them. Like, I feel like they could have been a little more creative. Like, the one where he pretty much just gets the five tiger shot move. And then the other one gives him some cool moves, but I don't know. I don't know. I can't help but feel he was semi-rushed. I mean, or they just maybe weren't as creative as they could have been. But trust me, he is fun. Like, I love the tiger in his intro. Um, I His costumes are great. Dude, this character is sick as fuck. And last but not least, I know story modes aren't as important in fighting games, but I do care about them. And G's story was ass. I did not care for that shit at all. Like, goddamn. Sagat's way better but only by street fighter 5 standards um i was looking forward to his and i wasn't let down but i wasn't satisfied i was just like okay this was nice you know nothing particularly special about either of their stories but sagat in my opinion definitely had the better story and there you have it my thoughts on both of these characters and I definitely want to know, man, leave y'all comments either on Anchor or wherever you listen to the podcast on whatever platform. I'm trying to figure out how to get these up on YouTube as well. But in the meantime, just leave your comments. 
um, and follow FG Central. It's pretty much FG Central everywhere on Twitch, YouTube, Anchor, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you look, it's FG Central. So just follow us just to keep up with everything fighting game community and definitely tournament related. This is your one-stop shop for all things fighting game community and fighting game tournament related. Leave your comments. Tell me what you guys think of the characters, what you guys thought of Evo Top 8. And with that, peace world. I will definitely see you guys next time.